When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Are you ready for the greatest show in fantasy football history hosted by the incomparable Scott Connor and the one and only Ray GQ? I present to you Destination Chill, where football and fantasy collide. Good evening, good people. It is Wednesday, September the 13th, 2023. This is Destination Chill. Y'all know who it is. I'm one of the hosts of this bad boy, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. I am joined by my partner in crime, my friend, my buddy, um, everything that under the sun that you can name, man. Scott Connor, you can find him at Charles Chill FFB. And I appreciate everybody being in the building on our new day, new time. I already see Super Chats in the building. I see Dynasty Trades and Five in the building. But listen, the NFL is back. Week one is in the books. And we got a lot to talk about. Strategy. I know you've you've heard a lot of different things from Monday, Tuesday, waivers ran today, all of that stuff. We're here to talk some strategy. You saw the thumbnail, quick, quick to react, reacting too quick, too late, all that stuff. We're going to talk about all of that. But before we get started, you guys probably saw some announcements that happened over the past couple of weeks. And I just want to say that I am very excited about the direction of Destination Devi under the leadership of Scott Connor. I'm excited about the partnership with Shane, with Clay, with Dynasty Trades and Five. Uh, we just cannot wait to give you more actionable information to be better. Fantasy football, whether it's season, seasonal, keeper leagues, Debbie leagues, Dynasty leagues, high stakes leagues, auctions. We want to provide some of the best content that you can find. So we are just very excited to deliver good stuff to y'all this season. So enough with the pleasantries, enough with all of that. We'll talk about that later. Scott, how are you doing? And how are you doing, my man? Great intro. I was just sitting back listening to just right jam. Uh, first time we've gone live in 10 days, uh, and it feels like everything has changed. I've gotten so many questions. We've had so many discussions already in the Discord of what now? Half the stuff we thought we knew, we don't know. Half the players we thought were good are bad. Some of them are injured. Players we never thought would have any value are now trading for firsts. Uh, so it's crazy, but it's... Listen, one of the reasons we're doing this show and why we wanted to do it on Wednesday nights instead of trying to jam it in on Sundays between the end of the the first slate of games and Sunday night football, which was probably just not going to work, is Wednesdays feel like, Tuesdays and Wednesdays at least feel like the days where everyone is trying to assess like what just happened, but also getting ready for the week coming up. And we have never been in a more reactionary time in Dynasty. So I'm excited to talk because it's one week we think, I mean, how many times, Ray, this week have we already said, we know how this team is going to play. Mm-hmm. We know how this player is going to be used. 
We know this player has no shot. We know this player is going to smash. It's one week, dude. It's one week. There's going to be probably a dozen teams that come out and look the complete opposite of the way they did week one. And then we're going to go, all right, what's the truth? What's right. not? What is overreacting? What is reacting properly? What is getting ahead of the game? Right. Or or what is falling way behind if you don't do something? So that's what this show is going to be about. But it's just crazy how reactionary things are. And now, I mean, how many sites, including us, are going to have weekly data to where we go, man, if you just went down a rabbit hole, and I know you do this every once in a while, you go down a rabbit hole of some data and you just start spewing out like stuff that sounds definitive. But we mm -hmm. know a lot of it is just going to be it's just smoke, you know what I mean? There's not anything really there, but people are going to act based on small sample sizes and on things that really aren't that predictive. So that's what the show's going to be. I'm excited just to chop it up. Well, you know, the thing is, I want to just start with that because there are a lot of people talking about don't overreact. Be patient. It was just one week. Okay, I get that, but in this game that we play, whether and and I don't think it, I don't think it matters. Dynasty redraft, it's all the same thing. It feels like to a degree. You're trying to score points weekly, or you're not. You're either trying to score points, or you're not. What is overreacting? Like what 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 what? At what point does it does it go from overreaction to okay? Now it's an appropriate reaction. If if a wide receiver that I thought was supposed to be an elite target earner from the get go. At what point in the season do I say, okay, now it's okay to react? Why can I not react now? Why can I not look at what happened in week one and take that information in? And I'm not saying go sell every player, go sell every share of that player. But damn it, if you're ignoring it and saying, oh, none of that mattered, it was only one week, it's 16, it's a 17-week season. Fantasy season is even shorter than that. So uh, all of this, I don't think anything is really overreacting. I'm not advocating for anybody to go buy or sell, but I'm paying attention to every single piece of We spend all summer speculating, putting out content. I think, you know, Scott, I really think Desmond Ritter can be their long-term future. I don't think that the Rams are going to be any good. I don't think, 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 think. And then the thing that we actually need to happen, the, the real thing happens and, oh man, don't, don't, don't overreact to that. Oh, that's just one week. Don't worry. Don't nothing to be worried about. I'm not saying I'm panic selling on anybody or I'm going out and reactionary buying, but I'm damn sure not ignoring some of the things that we saw in week one. And in the game of football, man, you see how quickly things can end, literally, in a play. In a play. So don't, don't spare me the I need to wait eight weeks to figure out if this player is good or I don't. You may not have eight weeks. And I get that. You can say, oh, that, that's an outlier. Player, every time, they get hurt all the time. Every play, they can be injured. So I am taking in the information. Doesn't mean I'm going to do something, but I am in the process is reacting based on what I see. And Scott, the biggest thing that has happened, the most recent, I, I don't, I don't want to call it like the worst injury we've seen in a long time, but this one, whether you're a fan of Aaron Rodgers and the Jets or not, this one kind of felt like a kick in the balls. This was a gut punch because it impacts a young player that we're all bullish on, and there's a lot of conversation around Garrett Wilson and what to do with him. It impacts that team, the direction they go. You know, it, it impacts it impacts the division, how far another team could go that can influence a contract for the Dolphins and Tua. 
We see Tua play well week one, Scott. I'm hearing people say Dynasty QB4. Outside of Mahomes, Hurts, and Allen, there's no other quarterback I want in Dynasty outside of Tua. So I, I really, I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you. But let's, let's start with Aaron Rodgers right now. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. We don't need to assess and talk about his injury. Okay, it's bad. We know it's bad. What, what's the play, Scott? How do you react to this in Dynasty? Is it too early, too soon? Because right now a lot of people got, what is it, paralysis by analysis. They don't want to do anything because it's Aaron Rodgers. I can't cut him. Can't cut him. We talked about this today, Scott. There are people right now who are still rostering Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, Julio Jones, and all these forgotten stars of the past. So just Aaron Rodgers, man. How should we be reacting off of this injury in Dynasty? Well, I want everybody to pay attention to this point because Ray said something that I think people will just overlook, but the season is 17 weeks for a fantasy year, right? That includes the playoffs and everything. Now, one out of 17, not crippling if it's only one, but really in your league, it's not one out of 17. It's probably more like one out of 14 because you still got to get to the playoffs, right? A lot of leagues have trade deadlines, week 11, week 12, which means your, your time of where you can just sit there and wait you can't wait four weeks. That's a third of the season if you have a week 12 trade deadline. So to sit there and say, I'm just going to wait for that to see what happens. And you'll see people respond to trades with that. Uh, I want to see how it plays out first. As soon as you say that to me, I've already spotted the person that is going to be too late to the party no matter what the move is. They're always going to wait for the information. And if you're waiting for things to happen and you're not taking convicted stances one way or the other, if you're not reacting, even if your reaction is no reaction, but you've thought about the situation and you say, you know what, I'm going to cognitively hold wherever it is, but that is my reaction. I am choosing not to go up or go down, but I've already thought it through. I'm not just holding because like you said, I'm paralyzed. I'm I, I, I'm so trying. I mean, I had somebody reject a trade where I was trying to send them a quarterback because they lost Rodgers. And it was literally the response was, I'm so shook that Rodgers is gone. I just can't make a move right now. Not even that was a bad offer. Not even there's no way I'm paying that for Mac Jones or Brock Purdy or whatever. It's just I'm so shook I can't make the trade. It's almost like they need to get through the trauma of losing Rodgers or losing Dobbins off their roster that they're going to wait a month before they act. And by then it's going to be too late. So to your question about Rodgers, listen – Sure, if you lost Aaron Rodgers and he was one of two or three quarterbacks in a league, you're feeling a little bit of a hole. But I would also say, and we talked about this on Trades in Five last night, Ray, if you are an Aaron Rodgers away and that just crippled your roster, you probably are not an Aaron Rodgers away from winning. If that's what you were banking on to get you there and now you don't have him, you probably are not as good as you thought your team was. You know, like, so that would be one where you have to do a real assessment of, man, do I. Do I really, let's say I've already traded my 24 first. Do I really want to dig into those pockets even deeper and go give up a 25 first for Mac Jones just to replace Aaron Rodgers on a roster that might have been the fifth or best in the fifth or sixth best in the league already? It just feels like you were digging yourself an even bigger hole. Maybe it should be the assessment of should I go the other way and just chalk this up? Because that's the biggest thing about the Rodgers injury is A, you lost a quarterback. B, a lot of teams that were built around Rodgers, they probably don't have Lawrence and Mahomes ahead of them. 
right? They're probably sitting with a Geno Smith, a Jimmy G, and a Rogers. Yeah. Like they had a yeah. they had a trio of yeah. the power of the part of the trio was that you had three quarterbacks. It wasn't that you have Rogers as your QB three or QB four. Oh well, I lost him. I can still fill in the gaps elsewhere. So it cripples the build. You already mentioned it. It cripples Garrett Wilson. We'll talk about Garrett Wilson here in a minute. But it cripples every other option. Tyler Conklin, done. Any other receiver on the roster, done. The you even mentioned to me earlier, Jeremy Ruckert. I was holding some Jeremy Ruckert. So was Dude, I um I almost just want a roster spot at this point. You know, like it doesn't even matter. There's other tight ends I can speculate on, and it just shows you how much of an impact losing an efficient quarterback has on the entire team. And even if you're going to tell me Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook get more work, I'll tell you what, I would have rather had an Aaron Rodgers offense that's top 10 in the league versus whatever they're going to roll out. I don't care if it means more touches. probably means less efficient touches. It probably means less red zone touches. It probably means less high leverage touches where they're going to be able to score fantasy points. So it's just a drain, but the answer to Rodgers is he's not worth anything. You I get saw nothing some, out of somebody him. Somebody in the chat said they want a second for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you you said it earlier, dude. You just came off of an Achilles, almost damn near the same age as Aaron Rodgers. Like, what are the odds? I know he's got access to the best medical and all that kind of stuff, right? So, tough, man. Sure, maybe, yeah. It's but tough. What is tough? What are the margins for Aaron Rodgers to return? And not just return to the field, but return to anything of close to what you thought he was going to be this year, knowing he probably only has a two-year window and he just lost one of those years. It, it just feels like razor-thin margins, which is why I think the community is saying he's not even worth a second. Not yeah. even worth a second. I, I'm on keep trade cut just because I wanted to check the temperature of the people, Scott. You know where he's he's ranked on keep trade cut? I mean... Just take... Just take just, Throw out some quarterbacks. Just take a guess. Just take a guess, man. I mean, I'm guessing too high because it hasn't reacted fast enough. Take a guess. Give me a name. Any name. And, and don't it, think a good name either. It should, think be, of a, it should be below QB 30. He, he what? It should be below QB 30. He, okay, he's below QB 30. He he's. Let me just give you some names of quarterbacks ahead of him, okay? Gardner mm -hmm. Minshew, Kyle Trask, Josh Dobbs, Clayton Toon, Tyler Huntley, Stetson Bennett, Sam Darnold, Aiden O'Connell, Malik Willis. The first starter that's ahead of him is Ryan Tannehill at QB 36. He's valued right now as QB 46 at 39.8 years old. Here's my thing with Aaron Rodgers, and I know that most people will not cut him. They won't cut him. And redraft leagues, come on, like don't even just cut him. Like don't be stupid here, all right? Dynasty leagues, you're probably not going to see him cut. Probably not going to see him cut. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think it's like handing a league mate a live grenade. I think it's literally a grenade that you're handing a league mate, right? Just a, just just the expectation that you had with Aaron Rodgers peep game, man. We just saw Scott and everybody in here hit the damn thumbs up button like the content. Everyone's talking about Aaron Rodgers' injury, right? Every that's all everyone's talking about. What are people not talking about that happened in that game? What are people not talking about that happened in the game? The most important thing that happened for the Jets in the game was what? They won the damn thing with Zach Wilson starting. 
they won the game with Zach Wilson at the helm. Okay? So my question to you is this, Scott. Is there a world in which we expected Aaron Rodgers to step in there and just sling the ball around 35, 40 times a game when maybe the reality, there's no doubt about it. He's 100 times more efficient than Zach Wilson. It's better. But they don't need that. They legitimately don't need that. It's a bonus. They shut down the Madden cover king, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, this Buffalo Bills vaunted offense completely neutralized them. You know, you talk about stinkers of performances in week one. Daniel Jones gets a lot of blame, but the Bengals didn't show up. Josh Allen looked putrid for majority of the game. They just won the game with Zach Wilson. And, 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 and here's, the, here's the crazier part about that, Scott. You understand Zach Wilson probably took minimal reps in practice all summer? All summer. From the time Aaron Rodgers stepped foot in that building, he probably received 85-plus percent of the practice reps. He's the one that's helped build the game plan. It, it was an offense tailored for him in which this young man, Zach Wilson, did no preparation for whatsoever outside of backup duties, getting ready to hold a goddamn clipboard all season because that's all he was supposed to do. And they still won the game. So when you look at this team and what we expected Aaron Rodgers to be, we probably were, we probably were a little too bullish on maybe what he could do based on this defense and them. Dallas did it with Dak Prescott playing pedestrian. He did abs. If you started Dak, he hated it because he did nothing for you. And if Dallas can win every game with Dak Prescott throwing for 150 yards, I bet you they'd do it in a heartbeat for multiple reasons. But I look at this Jets team and I say, okay, whatever we thought Aaron Rodgers can be, he's never going to get there. He's probably not going to retire. So then it lands somewhere in the middle. So then he comes back to finish the year. He's a middling quarterback that's struggling to move around. On an offense, his O-line is probably still going to be bad. So what do you, what, what, why would you even hold that for what? And you've got a dynasty market that's telling you that Kyle Trask is more valuable than Aaron Rodgers. You're never getting a second for him. Get that out of your head. You're not getting a second. You're probably not getting a third for Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, th- this is a this sucks for the Jets. It sucks for football. But for dynasty, I really don't think it's a question. I don't want him. I will take anything. You told me today you saw two trades, Deion Jackson for Aaron Rodgers and Justice Hill. And I just ask you, if if I told you right now, Scott, you are guaranteed four starts out of Deion Jackson. I don't know what they're going to look like, but he's going to start four games for this year. If you look at a replacement value level of what those four starts can give you as far as cracking your roster, jamming them into a lineup, I bet you it's more than holding Aaron Rodgers all this year praying that his Achilles heals and that he shows up, even though he was damn near retired in the first place, and then comes back and smashes for you in 2024. And you better get get your mind prepared for it now. They're drafting a quarterback. They're going to draft one. I'm not saying they're drafting him in round one, but they're going in, in a class where there's like 15 of them coming out, they're going to get one. They're going to get one. So at, at, at this point for me, it's just like, Lost cause. Like, it's just a wrap. Like, it's a wrap. He comes back, he's QB what? Okay, he finishes QB 18. You're happy about that? Like, I can go find that. I'd rather just go get Brock Purdy. I will take Kenny Pickett. He's QB 18. QB. He's never finishing his QB 1, 2, 3, top 5, top 8. It's not happening. So, for me, it's just, 
I get it. I had a- Andrew Luck on a roster when he retired, and I held him for like a year and a half, two years, just in case. This ain't no Andrew Luck. This is not a Rob Gronkowski type situation. Um, even if he comes back, Scott, I mean, my my expectations for what he's going to do is low, but I want to talk about some other players. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I want to talk about some other places. And there was a comment that I favored it because I want, we want this show to be about y'all. And after this show... We are going inside of our Discord immediately, five minutes after this, to continue this conversation. So go to patreon.com forward slash all gas and get in the damn building. But here's a question for you right here, Scott. Relevant question. Thank you, Sean, for this. London for flowers. Is that an overreaction or take the reroll? And this is a good question. So, Scott, I'll let you frame this. And I appreciate this. He's not asking about his league or his team, but just... London and Flowers, and I'm I'm curious where you want to go with this, Scott. Talk about Drake London before you get into Zay Flowers. Man, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Atlanta, it's been a big topic. I don't think it's an overreaction, even as though it's only been one week. Uh, you said the Jets won. I think another theme of this is Atlanta won. They won convincingly. They won with their defense. They won with their run game. They're playing in a division where you could see them get three, four, five more wins just like this. So, like, you're looking ahead and saying, sure, could it be a one-week one thing with Drake London where he gets nothing close to what he got last year and forget about what his market share was or any of the stuff. Forget about the Trinity even. It starts with just getting targets, just being able to put up some semblance of points. Forget about what you do with them. It's to the point now where, like, nothing's going to probably change with Drake London. Even if he's a great player, he's stuck in Atlanta. And when you're sitting here telling me, Ray, I don't have time to wait another dynasty year so then we can wait maybe another dynasty year for the Falcons to change their stripes. Most likely the outcome is I'm going to end up with Drake London. I'm just waiting out his rookie contract, which unfortunately is four more years with a fifth-year option, and then who knows what happens after that. But like, it's not like it's a quick escape. We saw this with DJ Moore. We saw this with Terry McLaurin, two guys that hit all of those metrics early on in their career, and what did we do? We waited their entire rookie contract. DJ Moore got out of town. Terry McLaurin didn't. Ray, has either of their situations ever gotten to the point where wow, they ended up with Trevor Lawrence. They ended up with Burrow or Herbert. You know, like none of, neither of them ever even got into that situation. Moore changed teams, McLaurin didn't. They still settled basically where they were. So I think we overestimate the just bet on talent, just bet on the talent, and I'll wait it out. 
Until when? Until Drake London's 26? And now you're wondering, okay, does he have any value? And at that point, he's probably treated like DJ Moore, where, man, I knew he could have been good, but just never had the situation, and then he comes an afterthought. So to answer the original question, uh, Zay Flowers, not even close. And I think some people might think that's crazy, but I don't even think you can get Zay Flowers for Jake London. That's how reactionary the market is. And I think the thing is, you're not actually taking much risk in that range either. Even if Zay Flowers ends up being a wide receiver too, and Drake London's a wide receiver too, what did you lose, Ray? You've seen the war. Do yeah. you really lose anything? They're the same thing. But man, it feels like this, after week one, if I'm making a bet, I'd much rather make a bet on Zay Flowers because he's got a better everything. Even if you didn't like him as a prospect, this is enough for me to say, with what we saw from London last year, what we saw in week one from the Falcons, I don't think it's an overreaction. And to your point about London, and we brought up Kyle Pitts as well, I can live with Kyle Pitts being what he is. A, he's a unicorn compared to the rest of the position. But B, taking a two or a five at tight end, I can probably stomach that relative to the rest of my league. Dude, if you're start, I started Drake London in six leagues, redraft and dynasty the past weekend. You know how hard it is to basically take zero at receiver? It anybody can find 10 points at receiver. And I took a zero. You know what I mean? Like it it hurts that much, especially when everybody can find 10, 15 points at receiver on trees. So yeah. it he's the odd man out. Like it, you gotta react faster than what the prospect profile people out there will say. Oh, I'll still buy him low. You know, I'll still buy Drake London. I'm buying. I'm buying for a first. I'm buying for a first and a Philly and running back. We had a debate in Heisman today. Drake London or Samaj P. Ryan in a 24 first. And I'm like, damn, I get a running back I can spot start and you're letting me reroll for a first? Like that. And that's the kind of price that I think a lot of people would just scoff at, but feels well, like that feels really nice to well, get out on. Well, let's let's talk about that because I am, you know me. I love the tape, Scott. I I'm go, I'm yep. going to grind the tape reg re even though it is a inefficient thing to do. I like watching football tape, right? I am much more data and analytical focused and oriented in how I approach the game, but I'm still going to watch the tape. And uh it it has nothing I think Drake London you put him on, just say he was on the Rams, right, with Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's Brandon Marshall. I mean, he's just a, he is just, you put him on any other team, he is the Rams. This is not a Drake London thing. It's not an anti-Terry McLaurin. I'm not anti-Drake London. I'm not anti, I'm, I'm pro those guys' skill set. But here's where I have a problem, Scott, is, we know the Atlanta Falcons ran the ball a lot last year, and you know what they did to start this season? 53% of their plays were running plays, second in the league only to the Dallas Cowboys. You look at when they do throw the ball, who's getting targeted? You look at that for the Falcons, they are the number one team in the NFL after one week, target distance to the running back, and one of the worst teams, with the worst, excuse me, 20, 32nd out of, uh, out of all 32 teams, at target distance to the wide receiver. They're out there running 13 personnel on first down. Uh, excuse me? Three tight ends. They just got to have three of them on the field, Scott. First down. Let, led the NFL in week one uh, right up there. Third in the NFL and 13 personnel on first down. You know who else was up there? You know who number one was? Falcons were third. One was the Jets, so it makes a lot of sense. They got a shit quarterback 
We don't want to throw it. Let's get three tight ends on the field to block for the running backs. It's not anti-London. It's we're hoping for the situation to change. And I say it all the time. Hope is the biggest killer of all dynasty leagues. Having hope. I hope, I hope, I hope. And I do think it gets better for London. I don't think he goes out there next week and oh for, oh for everything, right? I don't think he only gets 9% of the targets. But Scott, do you care if he gets 30% of, uh, or, or 40%, 50% of Desmond Ritter's targets, of his 18 pass attempts, do you care? Like, yeah, I'll take that, but it, it, that is not what you're, that's not what you're looking for. Because then you're banking on Ritter to be ultra-efficient, and that's not happening, man. He's valued as wide receiver 19 right now, Scott. Three days ago, he's wide receiver 10. It's not just that. It's just you're talking about, if we're playing this range of outcomes, you've now given me, all right, we know we're going to run the ball. Let's just call it 50% of the time to be gracious. And let's just say, and I think the numbers, we're probably overestimating them here, right? But let's say the Falcons run 60 plays a game, and they run at half of those plays. So we're giving Ritter 30 pass attempts. That is like the best, absolute best-case scenario on average. They may have a couple games where they get there just out of necessity. But even if we give them the benefit of the doubt on 30, 30 attempts a game. Now, then if we give Drake London the benefit of the doubt of 30% target share, which is what he had last year, right? So now I'm putting nine targets a game in there. That sounds great. Till you realize the quality of the target that he's getting is bottom 10 in the league. Yep. So the completion percentage is going to be lower. Uh, probably, and I, you can speak more on this too, but the better quarterbacks create yak for their receivers Correct. by putting the ball in certain places. So we know Drake London isn't a big yak guy to begin with, but then you get he's probably not gaining anything more because his quarterback's putting him in any position. So you're telling me, okay, he's going to catch 60% of his targets. He's going to get nine targets a game. You're looking at five catches a game, no yak, and a low-scoring offense that has two running backs that anytime they get it close, they're probably taking the ball away from the quarterback. So right there, I'm betting on, like if I'm starting Drake London, I'm going, man, can I get five for 70 in a touchdown? Yeah. Like that's a spike week. And then you got other receivers out there where five for 70 is their floor. That's their floor. They start the game with that as long as they're healthy. And then their spike week is 10 for 200 and a touchdown. You know, like it's he doesn't even have anything close to that. So there's that point where the math just doesn't check out. And we're being we're being generous with the 30 attempts a game yes. and the 30% target share. Like it's probably you can cut that by like 30% itself. Yes. But then you switch the topic. And I don't even want to stray off Drake London. I think we can talk about Garrett Wilson in this same light, right? Oh man. Zach Wilson, 26 pass attempts a game last year. Lowest EPA per drop back in the league since 2021. Now, did he get a little bit better? Is the offense maybe a little bit better? I don't know. But let, let's just assume the quality of target you're getting from a Jets quarterback going forward, bottom 20% in the league. Fair? Yes, fair. Okay. And then the pass volume, you saw it the other night. The plan probably is not to throw it more than 25 times a game. So it's... I think you can go even more extreme on Garrett Wilson. Like, you have to ding him significantly aside from his talent unless you're willing to make the bet, just like you would be with the Falcons, that they change quarterbacks. And you and I both know, trying to say, oh, the Falcons are going to figure it out. They're going to go to Taylor Heineke or they're going to trade for a quarterback this year. Not happening. Maybe they go to Heineke, but 
even if that's the case, it, he's still an Arthur Smith quarterback. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that even matters too much, but with the Jets, like they're not doing anything other than roll out Zach Wilson. If he fails, who are the names that are getting thrown around? Joe Flacco, Case Keenum, Chad Henney, Matt Ryan. I mean, are any of these guys going to do anything no. different than what Zach Wilson did? No. So I think you have to have this discussion, and it's not about the long term. It is about you are now placing chips at wide receiver 19 prices. I'm curious what KTC has Garrett Wilson at today. I checked as him he maintained earlier. He was, top I five. Him earlier, he was still at four, but now he's down to five. He's behind CD Lamb now. He's behind, and I, I, I'm gonna push back on you here, Scott. Can I? Pu- I'm, I'm gonna push back on you. It's time. I'm ready for it. Yes. Okay. Garrett Wilson last year had. Zach Wilson and Mike White in probably a worse offense than he had this year. There was no Brees Hall. There was no Dalvin Cook. They didn't have any. They, like, it was a younger younger team on a worse offense, and he still had 147 targets, 86 receptions, 1,100 yards. And what, what skews his wide receiver 22-point-per-game finish or whatever it was, he only had four touchdowns. You just give him six. I'm not even trying to go. Just get. Give him six, and it looks different. So he's already shown an ability to be an elite target earner regardless of who's at quarterback. 147. Who else is there? He had, I, th- I'm not making that up. He had 147. But those, but those were mixed in with the high-volume Mike White, Joe Flacco games. If you isolate the, the Zach Wilson-only games, it is not that rosy. So I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think it comes down to do not – I mean, I I have flat out seen people on Twitter saying they will give up T. Higgins in a first, Brandon Ayuk in a first, Calvin Ridley in a first. I know you chimed in. Someone even said Tyreek Hill in a first for Garrett Wilson. Like, are those deals actually realistic? I'm sure people in the chat are going to say no way. But if you send me Ayuk, Ridley, Higgins, and a first for Garrett Wilson, how can I not assess that through a lens of what am I betting on with Garrett Wilson? You can tell me all oh, his KTC value. You can tell me his talent, whatever. But don't you have to do a true, honest assessment of how does this situation change? Not between now and the end of the year, but how confident are you that it changes next year? Zero. Right? What, what, what do they come up with? Uh, Bo Nix, they take him in the middle of the first, and he's their starter. Is that improving some of these efficiency metrics that we're talking about? No. no. So it's, it just feels like this is the this is the reaction to where people say you're overreacting if you push Garrett Wilson outside of your dynasty top eight or top 10. But are you really? Are are we not staring at another season where we're going to look back and go, man, Matt Rogers injury really, really crushed that Garrett Wilson. He's he's still good, but man, we need a situation change. Like it, it feels like we're going down that road, but there's people that are just in straight up dynasty denial about that. Uh, it's well, not that it big is long term, right? It is dynasty. I do have... I'm just giving the argument for the – I'm being the voice for the voiceless here. It is dynasty. We have these players their whole career. He's 23 years old. What are we doing? Okay, this season sucks. It's not going to be as productive or as elite as I thought he would be. But he's still a phenomenal talent. Everybody knows he's an incredible receiver. I don't think any of us on this stream, me or you, think his career is in the tank and it's a wrap. He might as well hang it up. He's never going to be good. Sure, there are some bumps and bruises and some pain, but I saw people hold Deshaun Watson for two years, and I get it. You could say, oh, it's a quarterback. I've seen people hold Andrew Luck on rosters and just finally cut him. 
So Henry I, Ruggs took yeah, an Henry indictment Ruggs, for people like, that cut him. Like he's he is this is still dynasty, right? And he and he's still going to play. And even with even with Zach Wilson, there may be a spike week in there too. And I, I listen. Well, my personal opinion is the Jets just won with Zach Wilson, and they won with him not throwing the damn ball. So I don't think they're I don't think they are going to go into next week's game plan and be like, let's air this thing out some more. It's going to be Dalvin, Brees, y'all aren't practicing all week. Go in the ice tub, chill. Because come Sunday, you're probably getting 45 combined touches between the, between all my three running backs, Carter, Cook, and, uh, and uh, Brees Hall. Zach, you're going to have to throw it 23 times. If the first read ain't there, throw it out of bounds or run. Like, I don't think that, I don't, I don't believe that they're going to ramp up his passing volume, but Scott, it's still dynasty. Do I really want to trade away Garrett Wilson for Devontae Adams? And Adams is dope now. I, I said, no, 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 you know? no, no, no. This is a, I'm strictly talking the, the leverage deal where I'm taking advantage of the fact that people see Garrett Wilson as a tier above some of those other names that I was mentioning. Uh, and I mean, here's the thing I see it in the chat. I'm sure you see it in the chat too. Kirk Cousins to the Jets, Kyler Murray to the Jets, right? The Jets are not take the Red Jets are not adding a quarterback, no. not one that's going to help us for no. fantasy. I mean, you look, no. go look up. We're not even going to talk about it here, but go Google Aaron Rodgers' contract, and you'll see. I believe it's forty six million dollars or forty nine million dollars worth of reasons why he's not going to retire or walk away, which means the Jets are stuck with him. Uh, they're not going to go sign Kirk Cousins in the offseason, or they're not going to go sign this free agent quarterback that's going to bail them out. Like, they're stuck. And more importantly, they can't trade their draft picks this year either because of the contingency deal with the Packers for, for Rodgers to begin with. So they have no outs. You're really betting on them having outs next year, and we even looked. Like, the odds that they have a quarterback upgrade next year are low. So if you want Garrett Wilson to get back to anything close to what you expected, what are you betting on? We talked about it at the beginning of the show. You're betting on the miraculous Rodgers recovery where he shows up next August and he's 100%, and he's exactly what he was this year, which I'm not betting on that. But it has an impact for – you're telling me I have two years impacted with Garrett Wilson? Maybe three because maybe they figure it out after next year that, hey, we probably should get a quarterback. And then in 2025, mm. they look at bringing in their next guy, and now you're looking at – the next C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young sitting in the Jets in 2025? Are you even confident if Garrett Wilson had one of those guys as his quarterback this year? Maybe a little bit, but he's still a rookie. So it's just, it's it's probably three years of him being non-elite, and I'm not waiting for that. Okay. I'm cashing out if I let can me get give one you, of those Let deals. me give you some names. Let's put, let's put this to application, okay? I'm going to give yep. you the leverage, but I'm going to name some names, and you tell me, Scott, would you accept this package for your Garrett Wilson and will work? We'll start kind of, I'm not going to name every single name on the list. I'm just going to give you some ranges and you just quickly, yes or no, okay? Yep. Would you trade your Garrett Wilson for Hollywood Brown in a first? No. Okay. Traylon Burks in a first? No. I think I said no too quick. No. Uh, no or yes? I'm not even, lo I'm looking at the list. So did you say No. no? Okay. No. All right. Okay. 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 Debo in a first. Hmm. Don't like Debo, but that that you're starting to get in consideration range. So okay. that's a 50-50. Right. Yep. Jerry Judy in a first. No. Okay. Michael Pittman in a first. Yes. 
DJ Moore in a first. I'll say no. George Pickens in a one. Yes, because I think I have a I have a window on Pickens where I could yep. probably do more with that. So yes. Okay. And um I won't go up any higher because those are all yes. Is a John Dotson in a one? Yes. Last one, foot to fire, seat is hot. Drake London in a first. Man. Drake, think about that. Yep. Th yes. What, if I'm, I'm going to do Pickens, I'm going to. If I'm going to do Pickens, I'm going to do London because I think I have outs with Pickens in London. Now, before people just absolutely crush me for these, you have to know your league market. Yes. The reason I said yes on London and Pickens is because what am I probably going to do when I make that deal, Ray? Try, I'm probably going to turn around and go, can I leverage somebody on yeah, Drake you know, London? Pickens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. I'm going to well, try to go and get another deal where the, the cumulative package of what I got for Garrett Wilson, I look and I go, wow, I got – you know, Rashad White and two firsts. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I ended up getting once I made two deals. Not just the Wilson deal, but what was the second deal? So I think that's why I said yes to Pickens in London and no to DJ Moore, Jerry yep. Judy, yep. Hollywood Brown. Because yep. as soon as you have those guys yep. on your roster, they're you're stuck. They're stuck. They're stuck. Yes. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's follow up with that and uh, – Outside of, of Garrett Wilson and the fallout with the Jets, Scott, I think this storyline was definitely top three amongst the NFL, fantasy, redrafts, and I've already seen his market shift on KTC. We're going to go quarterback position. Talk about Justin Fields. And I just want to remind people, there was a lot of panic last year. A lot of panic. It was stinking it up. Then all of a sudden, he hit a stride, and it was just boom, smash, 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 smashed, right? Thousand rushing yards, going crazy. We're getting excited. He goes out there week one, Scott, and you could say it's the route concepts. You could say it's this or that. But if anybody watched the start of that game, that thing was all hyped up for Justin Fields to just have his day. To beat down Green Bay at home after Aaron Rodgers' discount double-checked him for years. Nobody thinks Jordan Love is that good. And what happens? They went out there and got... <laughs> cheeks clapped. Bent them over. Pow! Clapped them cheeks on national TV. Jordan Love laughing on the bench. They pulled the starter, Scott, with second year and rookie receivers. They rolled out... Dobbs, Simi Toure, Jaden Reed, Luke Musk, just babies and stomped them. Aaron Jones and company, Jordan Love stomped them. Now you're sitting there with that Justin Fields, spent $300 for him in an auction, blew your 108 on him in a startup. We all know the talent is immense. So I'm asking you because people want to know, like, uh, what do we do with Fields? I see right now. It's QB9 on KTC. A. Rich has jumped him and two is right on his ass. Bryce Young at 11. That, I love me some Bryce, but that, that's pretty high. But Justin Fields, I don't want to overreact because he is the type of player that if he figures it out, if they give him the opportunity, I mean, he could smash. He could be an elite difference maker as a quarterback. But, you know, I'm looking at what the Bears did week one, and it, you know, I, Scott, I don't know, man. This is one where 
I don't want to get to the end of the road and be like, man, I got caught holding the bag on fields. But then I also don't want to be the sucker that gets Jalen Hurts, where you give up a little too quick, and then the player turns into an elite, uh, you know, BAM-tier caliber quarterback. So how do you react to a player at the most important position in, in the leagues that we play in Superflex like Justin Fields right now, what is the appropriate way to react? Not do anything, ignore it, close your eyes. I didn't see it. He'll get better. Or you know what? I, I've seen enough. What are you, what, what's the play? So here's what I'm doing with Justin Fields. Uh, I was not in on Justin Fields ever since last year's, you know, sell debacle when we all were saying sell, sell, sell week four, week five, I could never buy back in at the price. But now I think with the the reactions on Tua, the reactions on some of the rookies, I mean, Stroud and Bryce Young look good. Let's just get this out of the way because Ray and I see eye to eye on this. Anthony Richardson is miles ahead of Justin Fields. It's not even a, it, it's not even a debate. We were Richardson over Fields before the season started. Yes. And I think after week one, there's nothing even close that you would say. And it's not even Fields versus Richardson talent-wise. You've Situation. said it. I love the offense they put Richardson in where he – you're confident he's going to be able to grow versus fields. You're not feeling the same way. So has nothing to do with the talent or the upside or anything. It's just Richardson's probably in a place where it feels like he's going to get developed and have a better shot to hit his ceiling and have a better shot to have some things that can last versus here's the thing with fields that kind of worries me. And then I'm going to give the positive because I'm going to say this. I'm willing to buy Justin Fields. Okay. Just because there's some things that I think people are overlooking. Uh, we tend to overreact on, the Bears lost, and they lost to Jordan Love and the Packers, which means Jordan Love is just better than Justin Fields. But that's not the reality. You know, and a couple things I think that are easy to point out, Justin Fields had a higher PFF grade than Jordan Love. Whether you trust that or not, that's at least something saying he was not as bad as the score. Justin Fields is not the Bears. Jordan Love is not the Packers. It's still a team sport. Uh, the other thing that was very interesting to me, which I think this is what needs to change, Ray, do you know where... Justin Fields ranked in terms of intended air yards, despite throwing the ball uh, as much as he did. It's not like he went out there and threw the ball, you know, 22 times. You know what I mean? He threw it 37 times, which if you would have told me he's throwing it 37 times, that's, he's going to have a top 12 week easy, right? There's no doubt to the way he ran last year. Do you have any clue how many air yard, intended air yards he had on those 37 attempts? Just give me, take a guess. Uh, or where did it run? Way lower. Where did it rank in the league? Is a better way to phrase it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guess and say close to the bottom, last thirty second. I'll put a number to it. Thirty second. It, it was actually thirtieth, but it was below. Uh, the only guys below him were Geno Smith, who threw it twenty six times, and Lamar Jackson, who threw it twenty two times. So you're telling me he's barely above those guys on thirty seven wow. attempts. So we're just talking about ridiculously low three point one. Average depth of target. On oh, I his pulled throws. it up. Look at this, Scott. And I'm dropping it on here right now, Scott. Look at this. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that passing chart right there. When you see most of those dots inside the ten, that's that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, so. So well, here, you said you're willing here, to maybe buy. You said you're willing yes. to maybe buy. Here's what I was going to say: is the three things that are making me want to buy just a little bit. So. I don't understand why they didn't do it, but he didn't run a ton. He only ran it nine times, which if you can get that, he still gave you 60 yards on the ground. That's the floor. Uh, but the other thing is if you look at, and these were things he was really poor at last year, but you look at like his catchable ball percentage and his on-target pass rate for this week, 
it actually wasn't bad. It was better than what it was last year. So it, okay. it feels like to me, it's the play calling, it's the scheme. And I'm not the only one that said that. I've heard others say that because I listen to a ton of NFL stuff and people watching Justin Fields tape. And you've seen some of the honestly comical stuff on Twitter about what are the Bears doing? You know, you've seen some breakdowns of plays and it's like, what was the plan on this play? I've seen three or four plays where people have highlighted and said, what was the plan? There were no routes. It was just like everybody ran out there and it was like, Justin, go find somebody. So hopefully they figure that out, but I don't necessarily think it was Justin Fields. So I'm willing to buy back in. I mean, Ray, can I get Fields in a second for Tua? If I'm willing to do that, if can I give Bryce Young in a second for Justin Fields? CJ Stroud in a second for Justin Fields? I mean, that's kind of a ceiling bet, but I think after one week, if we're reacting... You can buy fields, and I may. I only have them in three leagues. I may want to increase my exposure. I want to buy. Yeah, Blake. I, I the first thing I thought of with the PFF grade is he had probably eight completions in the last like six minutes of the game. That Jordan, like I said, Jordan Love and them, they, they were in shorts and a t-shirt and laughing. So, I, I mean, and the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, ooh, some some cheap uh, Justin Fields uh, garbage time points. Here's what I'll say. There's no way in hell I'd trade C.J. Stroud in a pick for Justin Fields right now. I'm good, man. I, 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 the, you talk about, Not a second. You wouldn't give a second in Stroud for Fields? No. Okay. No. Give me, let me keep Stroud. I've, I've got at least three more years of runway with him. Justin Fields has got this year. And you know what this sounds like? Sounds a lo- it sounds a lot like excuses that we made for Trey Lance. It sounds a lot like that. Oh, it's the scheme. Oh, the old line... All I saw was it's the O-line, the scheme. He was good. It was everybody else. That that is why it didn't work. And then you look up one day and you're like, oh, shit. Well, maybe he's just not that type of quarterback. And sometimes, sometimes it has nothing to do with the individual player. But these coaches are egotistical maniacs. And it's my offense. And this is what I'm going to run. And we've worked on it, so why can't you do it? And we've seen more players... In the NFL, not just quarterbacks, you see it a lot at cornerback, but you see uh, at quarterback, but you see more players get ruined by coaching than fostered. It's funny that I I saw people, that same little chart of Justin Fields we showed, that same chart, Scott, he's throwing all over the field, right? Middle, left, right. You look at Anthony Richardson's and it's all one side. You go back and look at Jalen Hurts in 2022 pre-A.J. Brown, it was one side. Because Shane Steichen realizes, look, I know my quarterback is young. He's still developing. He may be limited at scanning the field, so let's make things easy for my quarterback. Let's not give him three and four progressions to get through. Let's give him a couple, and if it's not there, A-Rich, run out of bounds. Throw it away. Simplify things for the kid because he's got the talent. I don't trust Chicago. I don't trust... And and, and here is the, the, the most damning piece... Of, of, of information that can happen. It's not that just Fields can face plan or not produce like we thought. The Bears have no nothing holding them to him. This regime didn't pick him. There, were already, there was already some speculation when polls had to come out, oh, we're, we're not going to take a quarterback. We're going to go with Justin. Like that, At least that signifies to me it was a thought by somebody in there that they may have to take a quarterback. If it doesn't work... If it doesn't work, do you think that he's just going to go land some job somewhere else? Someone's going to trade for him to be their starting quarterback immediately? Maybe. 
But I don't want to play that game, man. I do not want to play that game. I would happily give you my fields for your Tua. I'll t- I'll take the I'll take it whatever medical risk I'm gonna get with Tua. I I just I am not. I just don't want to buy into that player right now. And I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, that's cool, man. If 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 I'm wrong, and and he's the next superstar and he gets a mega deal, you know, damn, I was wrong. I, I missed out on some fields, but. I, I don't want to be left feeling like I had multiple ways to get out of this and decided to just ride it out to see, just to see. Because what if he if, if he's not a thousand yard rusher, Scott, if he's not going to run for 1,100, 1,200, 1,300 yards, but he's not going to throw for three, what am I getting then? Like, what do I have then? Let me ask you this then. What? what- what is the way to get Justin Fields? Is it just is he just an avoid for you, or because because you're saying I'm out, I wouldn't give up Stroud in a second, I wouldn't give up Bryce in a second. It sounds like there's just not any market where you're exploring, and is part of that because you know the person that has Fields is no. just they're they're not going to come down to the range. You're even willing to negotiate. I would just so do just, it a different no way. Point. I would do it. A, I just wouldn't do it with the quarterback. I, I'd sell what's, some other. What's the pos- way? What's the I, way? I think you can do it with a running back. I think there are multiple running backs that you could probably cash out on, right, with a big name. I've been thinking about this. Even even a Jonathan Taylor, man, a JT, like he's dope. He's missing time. He's he's a running back. We know how the market treats running backs. But I can go down the RB list and probably package up some running back. Can I, can I move some nice name running back, a Saquon Barkley? Do you have some people who like Kenneth Walker? Package him up with a George Pickens, with... I could get there without having to deal with it with a quarterback. I'm not saying I'm going to avoid. What I don't want to do is reset the clock on my rookie quarterback that I know is going to start for, let's be conservative, for two years. I know Bryce and Stroud are starting for two years, barring an injury. I just don't want to give up that time. Because we've got, now, we've got 15 weeks, 16 weeks of fields. You get 16 weeks for him to figure it out. And do enough for that organization to say, we are mo- I need that, Scott. I need Chicago. It ain't about what I think. I need Chicago to commit to him. I don't want to play the guessing game. If Chicago commits to him, then damn it, I'm in. If Chicago said he's our guy, I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't want him. Hell yeah. The, the 49ers said Brock's our guy. I want some Brock Purdy. I'll take it. Whatever reduced cost I can get. If Chicago says he's our guy, then I'm in. But until that happens... He is not the type of player that I just want to bet on. I don't want to make that bet. I don't want to spend the 108 on him. I don't want to drop 300 auction dollars on him. I don't want to give up a first and a young quarterback for him. I just don't want to do those things to get him. And I don't think that's being negative to fields. I don't think that's a, an unfair assessment. I don't want to give up those pieces for that asset. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I want zero part of him ever. I just don't want to do that. I don't want to give up young quarterbacks and a pick for Justin Fields right now, and that has nothing to do with how good he can be. I want to. I want to at least feel confident that Chicago is going to commit to the kid, and I don't feel that way right now. What's interesting is what you just said is the microcosm of this entire episode. Is you have already kind of taken a convicted stance with what you just said on Fields because you know the dynasty market is not going to react as fast as what you just stated you're doing which essentially takes you out of the fields business, right? Like the ones where you already had fields, I know you were trading them away during the off season. 
but you're not even in the fields market in your league most likely. Even if the manager comes and says, I'm willing to trade him. Like, you know you're never going to meet that person anywhere close to the value that they're probably looking. And it's most likely not going to come with the types of assets that they want from you. Because they're going to look at your Bryce Young and go, oh, Ray, he's unproven. You know, I need some, I need a, I need some juice on top of one of those guys. So it just kind of feels like your conviction has taken you out of range where there's any fields trades that are going to get done between Ray and anybody else. Unless it's Ray selling for, you know, I, I think you'd be comfortable taking the Watson trade, right? Fields yeah, for Watson, yeah. not even close. Fields for I Tua, you already said that. Yes, give me yeah. Deshaun Watson. Yes, I would take, I feel more confident having that asset, even if it's not the flashy one. I feel more confident in that. And I'm not even talking long-term, like 10 years, dude. I'm talking literally like a season. I just feel more confident. And then he's taking shots. The it's just it's a tough sell, man. And and here a lot and of red Cody, flags. Cody, it, there's a lot of red flags, and I just don't want to ignore them. Cody said, and Chicago looks like a top five pick. What is a pick in the top five, Scott? You know what most dynasty gamers, fantasy gamers would do? Oh man, wait till they load fields up with Marvin Harrison. And I'd be like, please, God, no. Do not, do not. That's blast another Drake me. London situation, yeah, right do there. Do not blast Marv to Chicago, or they'd be like. We'll take that Drake May. What about that Quinn Ewers? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't see anything defensively that inspired confidence that they were going to shut down anybody. Like, that, they didn't play well, man. They didn't play well. Or Green Bay is better than we thought. So it's just the whole point of this episode. And, Scott, you, you can tell you're in multiple. I haven't made one trade. I've made a trade. I'm not, send, I'm not overreacting, sending anybody away. I haven't went out and bought anybody. I'm processing the information. I'm taking it in. I'm I got three notebooks in here. Do I got three notebooks on the desk? I got like I'm taking notes. I'm not doing anything, but I'm listening and I'm not ignoring it. And I'm not willfully closing my eyes to glit. I mean, people are pulling up data, Scott, that says he's not he is not this type of passer. This is not what he's he's not going to be an efficient passer. It's not me just saying this. So it's just like. We tell ourselves a story to fit the narrative that we want to believe. And then we get to the end and we're like, well, damn, I didn't see this coming. I really thought he could turn it around. Maybe he can, man. And if I miss out on the Justin Fields, you know, QB1 finish, then damn, egg on my face. But if I were able to move him and get a Deshaun Watson in something, I can trade Fields for a, a, a lesser perceived quarterback and a future first. Like, I'll be fine with it because I know I'll be able to do something. So... Uh, we're going to talk about this stuff every single week from a theory, strategy perspective, try to give you guys actionable stuff and try to do that a little bit tonight. We're already close to time. So, uh, Scott, you want to go ahead and close us out? We had a, we, I think we had one super chat, though. We had a couple super chats. Oh, we got to do that. We can't not super chat. Um, uh, we got one right here. Just two bucks. Uh, Avaro, appreciate you. I don't know. I don't think you said anything after this, but if you did put it in there, but appreciate you. And then. Uh, looks like you're on here, Scott. Uh, trades in five in the building. They know good and damn well this isn't the show. But uh, what do we have here? 20 bucks. Thank you for that. Got to hit the air horn. Sup, boys? 12-team super flex, half PPR. Uh, so tiered. Is this tiered? Half PPR, full tight end premium, okay? Start six. Start nine, six point for passing touchdowns. I'm a contender with Allen, Mahomes, Stroud, Young. Need a hammer. You send in Stroud or, hold on, you send in Stroud or Young for digs in a second. To the Aaron Rodgers owner, Scott. No, I'm not sending that. That's bailing the Aaron Rodgers owner out. So no, I'm not doing it. 
Can't do it. Okay. All right. Well, there you go, uh, Clay or Shane, from your uh, co-host, Scott. See if there's anything else we missed in the chat. No, we got it. We got a great discussion. Thank you, uh, Fly Meatwad. Appreciate you. We uh, we try to have some fun on here. Just want to see what uh, – here goes a quick one, Scott. Fields or Kyler? Quick. Fields. Okay. Um, Jay Rich got through to Ray. He's uh, off the Fields more connection. I'm just listening. I'm just, I still got to hold, I got to hold tight. He's, who do they play next week? Do you know how Chicago plays next week? Uh, they play the Buccaneers on the road. Come on, Fields. He's got to get it. If he doesn't get it done this week, we're going to have another Fields conversation next week. But Scott, go ahead and close us out, man. Yes, appreciate everybody joining us Wednesday night. So this is going to be our time, 9 to 10 Eastern time every Wednesday. You'll find us here just talking about what's going on in Dynasty. Uh, we always say we're going to get into like bigger theory topics and we end up just kind of rolling with whatever's on our minds. So that is what it is. Uh, everybody join us in the Discord. We will continue this conversation in five minutes. Uh, new this year, we're going to have an AMA in the Discord right after Destination Chill. Ray will be up there. Uh, and he will have another DD content creator doing the co-hosting with him. Um, so I'll be jumping in, doing the first one. But every Wednesday, uh, barring a couple that Ray will do solo, uh, he'll have a new creator in there. So just AMA, jump in the Discord, patreon.com slash allgas. Check out the new website coming very, very soon where you can sign up and jump in there and literally continue this conversation and much, much more. If you join the Heisman tier, if you like what you hear on Destination Chill, it's hours and hours a day of this just going back and forth current topics current events dynasty strategy so with that we'll sign off for the week see everybody in the discord in the next five minutes uh and if you're not in there uh consider joining and if not we'll see you next week thank you all